is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Everyone and welcome to Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. My name is Megan McKeever, and I'll be your host slash gal pal for the next hour or so. So, for those of you listening for the very first time, we'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City, and each week I'll have a brand new guest to join me. So, this week we have an amazing guest for you, Diana Dinnerman, and we'll be watching season four, episode three, entitled "Defining Moments." If you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City, or on Twitter at CATC Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please go like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any other thoughts, opinions, ideas, etc., you can email us at cosmosandthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you. This show is brought to you by Boardwalk Audio, and they've got a lot of other awesome podcasts. So head over to boardwalkaudio.com to check them out. And if you like this show and want to support it, the best way to do so is by shopping. That's right. Just go to boardwalkaudio.com slash cosmos. Click on the Amazon logo to the left and... And start shopping away. We'll also put a link in the show notes. All right, everybody, enjoy the episode. All right, well, hello to another episode of Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. Today we are talking about season four, episode three, entitled Defining Moments. And I have the wonderful Diana Dinnerman. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So, Diana, I don't know you. <laughs> Isn't that great? You just came over to my house. Just came over. Well, tell me about yourself. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I'm a writer comedian, and I live in Los Angeles, and I've seen every single Sex in the City episode, every single one, and I have a lot of critique. Love it. I have very strong opinions about this show. Good. I I hope to hear them. Yes. Um, Do you have any shows going on right now? Let's see. I just finished a one-woman show called Detour at the White Fire Theater because I'm taking it to Edinburgh Fringe Festival this summer. Awesome. So I'm developing that. I'm pulling that back into development and doing some work with my director on that. We're going to mount it again in April or May. And then there's just a bunch of comedy stuff uh, popping up here and there. My website's dianadinnerman.com, and you can go and see my shows. Awesome. I'm out and about. All right. Well, everybody, go check her out. Okay, so your background is you've seen every episode at least once. Yeah, um, that's correct. What is your overall feelings about it? Well, before we dive into the one specific episode. I feel that this show was very much of a cultural moment. And it was, I mean, it really changed television. But when I look back on the episodes and the way that femininity is being constructed in a very heteronormative way and also from the point of view of mostly gay men, since mostly they were the writers on the show. (laughs) Yes. We have to look at that as a moment in time for what an empowered woman looked like. And now when I look at it, I think these women are deplorable. Yeah. They are narcissistic, (laughs) self-seeking, shallow, substanceless, and I don't find their lives interesting at all. Yeah. But at the time, 
when I was watching it, it was celebratory and it was campy and it was fun. And it was this celebration of the most superficial, least complicated things about girlhood and womanhood that there was. And maybe that is something that we needed to pass through. Yeah. But, you know, I can't help but put on my analytic lens now and say, oh, no. (laughs) That is not at all what life is about. And, you know, aside from all the problems, like who... What working woman has that much time to meet with her girlfriends? Nobody. (laughs) I don't see my friends that often. No. Ever. And the, you know, they were very much these, kind of like these dress-up paper dolls in some way, especially Carrie, because she's the main one. And she's, I mean, she's the worst character on the show. She's the least, (laughs) she has the least amount of depth. And she's annoying. Yeah. You know, and she's kind of a baby. And yet she has money to spend on fashion and shoes and she finds herself in all of these predicaments. But she's she's the kind of person that like skates on the surface of life, surface of life and just ends up okay for some reason. I find that so irritating. <laughs> Why does she always end up okay? It's not right. No, it's just not realistic. No. And I think that's why I still like the show today. Just because it takes me back to this like fantasy world of, you know, where you could just, you know, write a column once a week and live in this great apartment and buy all these expensive shoes. It is, I mean, if we got really serious about analyzing what everything that's wrong with it, I mean, we could go on and on, right? Oh, yeah. And we could just kind of destroy the moment of it, which I don't mind doing. But you look at it and you think, This is a person, an adult woman, who is the very definition of someone who doesn't want to grow up. I mean, her entire life has been painted through the lens of someone who cannot take full responsibility for herself and always needs to be rescued Mm -hmm. by someone or something. The perfect job, the perfect man. Her friends. Her friends. There's no time where she has a reckoning with herself. It is the least self-reflective show on television I think I have ever seen. (laughs) All right. Well. So now you know who you're talking to. Well, let's talk about this episode. So this is Defining Moments. Mm. And we'll just do like a recap of the episode and whatever topics come up, we'll talk about it and we don't have to go in order. Mm -hmm. So it starts out though with Carrie and Big. Um, They're at a bar called Monkey Bar. And they're just like friends, just hanging out. Because this is like post um, cheating, you know, he's divorced from Natasha. And they're just doing that thing. Can't let go. (laughs) Um, But I feel like they're a little charming in this this little scene. Are they? (laughs) (laughs) He's got like these little magic tricks he's doing. He's trying to like do a little... Little charm. Yeah, I think. But when I look at the relationship, I'm like, wow, these two people are perfect for each other. Neither of them has any substance at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about fun and games. So that's good. I mean, people who are on that wavelength should be together. You know, whatever that energetic connection is between those two characters, they nailed it. Yeah, I always say that they deserve each other. Yes, <laughs> they do. They do. Um, let's see. So Trey and Charlotte right now, um, mm. they, <laughs> they're doing opinions. it in public. <laughs> they're doing it in public it's, and they're separated. Yeah. Which is hot sex. I mean, anytime, cause every sex is makeup sex 
after divorce or after separation or after a fight. So yeah, they're having a great time. But they're not doing it in the bed. No, they're not doing it in the bed, which is obviously where anybody would want to be because it's not comfortable to not have sex in a bed. No. I have a whole bit about this in my act. <laughs> Just please don't make me stand up in yeah. a closet or a bathroom. Like, what is that? I don't see how it's fun at all. Well, that just is another dimension of this kind of brickhead male who can only get off when there's enough distance or obstacle. Mm-hmm. He's not getting off because of intimacy and connection. Right. He's turned on by impossibility. The thrill of like, ooh, getting caught or It's subversive. Whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they're doing it. Like, that's the upside. <laughs> yeah, in the show, they're like, well, at least it's getting done. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very important for this to be happening. Right, because they're all like, yeah, I mean, you should just be happy that you're doing it at all. Living in scarcity. <laughs> Living in scarcity. <laughs> so Carrie, um, after their night out, Big walks Carrie to her the bottom of the steps. And he's thinking he's going to come up for a little eyebrow raise. Yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah, she's uh, attempting to hold on to her self-worth. I mean. (laughs) She's attempting. (laughs) She doesn't really have any. The only reason she does it all is because Ray comes along. The next guy she meets. Yeah, and I do believe that that character was genuinely hurt. I believe in the emotional arc that they have for her. For? For the breakup and how hard that was. Yes. I mean, I recognize the, okay, I like this person. There's some He's somehow knitted into my life, and I can't just cut him off, but I can't be just giving myself away. Right. I believe that. And the scene where they're all like at breakfast, all the girls, and they're like, you know, are you thinking about sleeping with them? And she's like, no. Lies. Lies. She definitely is. She doesn't want to, but but I think the only thing that really stops her from doing that is just meeting somebody else. Oh, absolutely. And she fears her friend's judgment, of course. But you're going to do what you're going to do. I mean, if you've ever had a girlfriend venturing into that territory or you've been the one venturing into that territory you know how it goes like you're you don't want to talk about it but you do sort of you like drop a hint like will you still love me if I do this terrible thing and the answer is yes but people are going to do what they want to do yeah and Carrie has that conversation with her friends a lot (laughs) like (laughs) it's true I'm gonna do this don't judge me okay and they're like okay we're kind of judging you but we understand okay sweetie (laughs) yes it's very good Samantha thank you Um, let's see. Oh, so Miranda is dating Doug. I love this (laughs) storyline. Of all the characters, I think Miranda has the most substance. Yes. She's the most interesting, although her hair looks terrible for the entire show. They nailed it in like two episodes. I don't know why they let her walk around with that hair. A nightmare. They're just trying to make her different, I guess. It looked bad, though. It looked really yeah. bad. It was a bad cut. Mm. Anyway, every time I watch this song, I'm just like, why did they let her walk around like this? Anyway, I like the storyline because it's so real, and I would react exactly the way she would. She'd be like, hmm, am I wrong for being disgusted by the fact that my boyfriend doesn't want to close the door when he uses the toilet? 
okay, maybe this is just about, she has a like second guessing thing. I'm uncomfortable, but no, maybe I'm the one who's wrong, which is a very female thing to do. Okay, I'm going to try to adjust and be okay with this. And then she's like, this is disgusting. I am not okay with this. And then lashes out. That is, I've done that. Though I have to say, like the peeing thing, I mean, I've had plenty of guys pee in front of me. I know. <laughs> you should see the expression on my face right now. No. No? No. Oh. Hey, you know, they do it all the time. Sweetie, I'm not judging you. <laughs> but now, but taking a, a poo, like, that's a whole other story. Come on. And, like, he was taking, like, <laughs> a big one. Noisy ones. Yeah, it was disgusting. Bathroom things happen in the bathroom. My... Dream relationship, if there's such a thing. <laughs> I don't have one, but if I did, two separate toilets. Mm. Yeah. You want to save your relationship? You got to have separate quarters for that. Two separate sinks can get you a long way, but two separate toilets, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're you can lucky. Do a lot with this, that. this house has two toilets. Keep so, it that way. Yeah. It works better. Everybody needs their own private space to do whatever it is they need to do to take care of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then Miranda's New York apartment, she just had the one. Just the one. <laughs> so everybody's using it at the same time. And But I think it's that's where the humor is best in the show. These, these moments in life that uproot your assumption of how things are supposed to be. That's what the comedy is in it. Yes. And I related to that so much on so many different levels. And I thought I could see myself going through that exact (laughs) same little journey about how to accept this thing that I find unacceptable. But I feel like she went on like several dates with this guy. Like it seemed like she dated this guy for for a little while. And they were sleeping together. Yeah. And she enjoyed it. But it's a deal breaker. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. And also, like, why didn't he, he, didn't he understand? Like, he just didn't get it. I also love that he had uh, essentially no lines in the episode. He was just a complete <laughs> device for comedy so that she could explore her own feelings. Yeah. That's great. She just, like, cut him off, like, shutting that door. Because <laughs> he's talking about, like, I put nutmeg in my coffee sometimes. <laughs> eh. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. But also, you don't pee in front of someone you're dating until you're in a securely attached relationship, in my opinion, like that's not something that happens in the beginning. When you live together, even when you live together, I mean, when I was living with my ex, he did his own thing in the bathroom alone. And then I got up and used the shower or whatever it was like in the morning. Maybe Jim Gaffigan just felt super comfortable, (laughs) (laughs) you know? With Miranda. Perfect role for him, too. He just thought, you know, it was okay. Hey, we're having sex. What does it matter? And that just shows you it is different, though. Yeah. Context is everything um, when it comes to genitalia. It's like the thrill is gone, you know, yeah, at that things point. Yeah, get, things get unsexy. Things get pretty domestic pretty fast. And then you're like, oh, now we're just comfortable. We're just roommates that have sex sometimes. <laughs> Which is not the worst scenario. No. But not what she was looking for (laughs) is the point. Uh, Let's see. So, oh yeah. So Charlotte, a lot of things happened in this episode. Charlotte's having an art show at her gallery. And this is where we meet Maria. 
The artist. Yes, Sonia Braga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Brazilian actress. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. She's the stud of the episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely the most intriguing and interesting. She's very suave. Yes, and she's sultry. And And she gets Samantha to come over to her house. Yeah, she takes no shit. Yeah. Either. I like the storyline. I think it's interesting. Again, still seen through the lens of heteronormativity, but... (laughs) In the time in which the show was made, it was a moment of intrigue. Yeah. That a woman who identifies as straight could be in a consensual monogamous relationship with a woman who identifies as a lesbian and have this not be a a question of her sexuality, just a question of her being compelled in another human being and having an attraction to them on multiple levels. That was a progressive idea for that moment. Yeah. I would say so. And also, because I don't know if, I mean, I don't, I don't know how it is in the lesbian world exactly, but I always feel like if, if you were a lesbian and you did like a straight person, wouldn't you feel though a little like ambivalence, like of them just being turned off by you? Some of them do. I mean, I think, but I also think that, that compulsory heterosexuality should be questioned. I mean, now when we look at it, we look at the encouragement around gender fluidity mm-hmm. and experimentation. Let's say I've, I've always been attracted to men, but if I was compelled by a woman and I chose to lean in that direction, I wouldn't be at home going, am I gay? Right. You know, like, have I been hiding this great secret <laughs> from myself the entire time? I mean, I think if I were gay, I would know by now. <laughs> but it would be, I mean, that that's even a question speaks to kind of where, our, where we are in our thinking about it. But some people are really plugged into this idea that it's just a matter of time and consideration and evolution. Mm -hmm. And your past is not necessarily a predictor of your future. Right. So it's possible. You know, I know so many more women now who were in relationships with men most of their lives and then started seeing women and are happier and they like it. And they don't identify as gay. Well, Samantha, in the next episode, when she tells her friends, she she does say, yes, everybody, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) But even like the limits of her consciousness, right? So it's it's either one or the other. It's like, I guess I'm doing the behavior now dictates the language I use to describe myself. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, But yeah, I do like the chemistry with Maria and Samantha and... Okay, so Carrie and Big, they go to a jazz club. Yeah. Jazz. And Carrie sees the bass player, and they're doing a little eye flirtation, eye flirting. And he passes her a note that says, is that your boyfriend? Which is so cute. (laughs) He is cute. If somebody had passed me a note like that, (laughs) I'd go out with him. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, she goes for it. Yeah. She's like, no. The whole thing is so awkward. Because he's just right, because Big's right there. It's just awkward. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. Just, it's awkward. Yeah. I had a situation like that once. I behaved badly when I look back at it. (laughs) Who were you in this scenario? I was Carrie. Okay. (laughs) Meaning I was with somebody. The nature of the relationship was undefined. Mm. 
but he brought me to the restaurant with a group of other people. It was a large group of people. And I happened to catch the eye of a man who was sitting behind us, and I flirted with him, which I should not have done. But I was in my 20s. I needed attention. (laughs) And he gave me his number, and I spent too much time paying attention to that. He also sent champagne over to the table for me. I know, it's a (laughs) slick move. But there wasn't enough for everyone, and I also uh, don't like champagne, <laughs> but it didn't matter at the time. And that was not good. You just shouldn't do that. Just get the number and, and call him later. Well, yeah, I. she got all mad at Big. So they ended up all sharing a taxi to her house, right? Um, and she ended up getting mad at him when he got out of the cab. But I'm kind of like, Carrie, you went there with him. She's such a brat. Carrie is a brat. Yeah, you can go there with some with him and then leave no, with another you, guy. Exactly. You leave with the person you came with or you leave alone. Yeah. Them's the rules. <laughs> Them's the rules. And so yeah, I didn't I thought it was a little unfair for her to get mad at Big. I mean, he even gave her the pin <laughs> to know. give her to give Ray her number. I mean, what are you going to do? And but he was kind of a dick when he was like telling her her phone number. He's like five seven six. She's like, I know. Yeah, those two. <laughs> those two. Um, and then here's the thing: what time was it? I don't know. Because two in the morning. That same night, Ray calls her. Yeah, who calls? That's such a that night. Yeah, nobody would do that. No, you you know you go except home. for you know what? Maybe that guy would do that because people are disrespectful. Well, yes. I mean, she was sitting at the table with a man. He passed her a note. He, that guy was very self-absorbed. Yes. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did that because it's kind of charming. Like if I'd been Carrie and that had happened to me that night, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Not the person I am now, but. Right. In my 20s, maybe. (laughs) But then Big also calls her. I know. They both call her. Yeah, because she's an object of desire and we can't help it. She's such a little bratty brat. And but it's everybody like 3 calls him. Like, you no, know, when I go home at the end of the night, I go to bed. Yeah, I know, but it's New York. It's the city who never sleeps. Also, she doesn't work. So That's true. So yeah, she like took a shower, was just like hanging out. Who takes a shower at two in the morning? No, you just pass. And then ends up like super dewy while she's on the phone in her towel. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so let's see where are we at. Um. Yes. So Samantha goes to Maria's to buy a painting and ends up helping her make one. That's cool. Yeah. Super I cool. Would, I would love it if someone did that with me. <laughs> but then they had this like moment, right? Where the hand washing. The hand washing. <laughs> Very sensual hand washing. Yeah, I don't know where Marie was going with that exactly. She's just like, hmm, mm. these hands. <laughs> sure, they can be a turn on. But Samantha was bold. She's like, do we need to talk about this? Yes. But also, Maria was bold because she made a move. I mean, it was clear that there was some sort of sexual tension. Yeah. And then Samantha goes into her speech about, I've done the girl thing. 
<laughs> the girl thing. <laughs> I know. I love that. And it was great for the guy, but, you know. But then she's like, I'm just not a relationship person. Yeah, which I liked. Yeah. So. Because that's true. That's true to her nature. Yeah, she's not. And she knows when it comes to lesbians, they love relationships. <laughs> it's all feelings all the time. Yes. Which Maria has a lot of feelings, we yes, find out. that need to be processed over the next few episodes. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Trey um, tries to have sex with Charlotte in a cab. Gross. So gross. Because she's like, no. <laughs> One, she did not want to do it. <laughs> Two, it's a cab in New York City, which is disgusting. Do you know how many people have been fingered on those vinyl seats? Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> That's gross. And the cabbies in the, I mean, ew. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm glad that she was like, no, I'm done. And she goes home. Um, but then they have like a nice talk. Yeah. And... They do eventually end up trying it on the old bed. On the old, the good old mattress. Good old mattress. And I can't remember, is it successful? Um, I think so. Okay, I can't remember. I think it's in the next episode. I think it is. Okay. I don't remember. I just remember, I remember the erectile trouble. And I remember all the tactics that, that Charlotte tries right the to ring of paper fix it <laughs> you know it's like the onus still when it's the man the onus is on the woman to make herself more desirable to him mm-hmm. so even though he's the one who needs the help she's the one who internalizes the problem and tries to rearrange herself to accommodate him yeah Trace is a jerk <laughs> yes um, which I'm glad that relationship ends eventually. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a business arrangement anyway. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, let's see. Um, Miranda. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about that. Miranda was still trying to date Doug. But, yeah, the poo with the door open. That is a no It's a deal go. breaker. Yeah. Gross. An open door dump is worth dumping someone over. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> well done, writers. Okay, so here's this. So Carrie and Ray's first date is for some reason a double date with Samantha and Maria, even though Samantha and Maria aren't dating. They just met. They're just friends. So why would this be Carrie and Ray's first date? I don't know. Does it make any sense? I think the writers just wrote obstacles. They're like, what do we do to make this weird and awkward? And then Big is there with the Coke model. Yeah. Shaw. Shaw. With the silent Y. Yeah. I don't even know what name that is. Shay. <laughs> Shay. <laughs> yeah. Why would, why would you be having your first? I don't know. What if it's like that thing where you meet somebody and you're not exactly sure what it is and you're just trying, you're trying to be breezy. You're trying to be cool and breezy. And you're like, hey, I have these cool friends, this artist and my friend Samantha, you're going to love her. Let's just go out to this hot restaurant and, and, and jam, you know? Yeah. But I feel like he was pretty clear. Like, I want to date you. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, if you're a man and you want to date one of these ladies, you got to roll with them because they're going to do what they want. <laughs> I mean, poor true. Aiden, the only <laughs> oh, Aiden. substance. Steve and Aiden, like, 
Bunny, all of the other minor characters are just <laughs> much better people. Yeah. They're more interesting. They have some depth to them. And they're, 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 as characters, they are more specifically drawn, I think. Yeah. And I'm excited because Aiden's about to come back yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> get that heart train put all over again. Yeah. Um, yes. So Big's acting all possessive on this trio date thing. Carrie leaves the table and Samantha's like, what are you doing, Big? Like, back off. If you hurt her, I'll kill you. <laughs> and she's my best friend. <laughs> um, and then her date is like, you were awesome. <laughs> and she's like, you were magnificent. You were magnificent. <laughs> and Standing you say, up for your friend. <laughs> you say, kick ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Um, but yeah, so Samantha's like, you know, this person thinks I'm magnificent. She's cool. I'm going to do it. Why not? And then they just make out. Yeah. In the bathroom. Which is cool. Yeah. There's a lot of bathroom stuff in this episode. A lot of bathroom stuff. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Think about that. There, It is a common thread. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and why did Carrie go to the bathroom? She didn't have to pee. She just... Uh, she went to the bathroom so that she could catch Big's date doing coke and then have a conversation with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you writers, you didn't think we were going to figure it out. We know what you did. Though I did kind of like the model. I thought she was kind of funny. and You know, she was cute. She's all about the good times. Yeah, she's like, hmm, you know, he talks about you. Did you guys date or something? Hmm? So dumb. <laughs> like, yeah, they did. Yeah, and then she doesn't use the bathroom or fix her hair or anything. She's just in there. She probably did have to use the bathroom, but okay. she's like, I'm going to get out of this room with this woman doing cocaine. But her date goes to the bar and orders some food from someone that he knows, and then he's like, this blows. And she goes, yeah, I know. Well, then everybody ends up leaving. Yeah. What a bust. They they were there like 20 minutes, <laughs> and then it's over. Yeah. Um. But, oh, well. Yeah, and then the whole, like, Big's like, well, we're leaving. And Carrie's like, well, we were leaving first. Yeah. Ha, ha, And Big's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you, friend. See you, kid. <laughs> kid, I hate it. I know. She's a little baby for the entire series. <laughs> She's just like a woman child. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So Ray and Carrie... They're walking to her house, I guess, um, from wherever. And they just start doing this little scatting. Isn't it amazing how Carrie is impressed by everything? <laughs> Literally everything. It's because she doesn't have any talent. No skills. None. <laughs> just pun after pun. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, a musician. Whoa. Furniture maker. Whoa. Oh my gosh. You do something? Big, who makes just a lot of money. Whoa. Yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah. He has a driver. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so they're scatting. Um, and it just, I have to bring this up. I showed you the video earlier. But there's a video, everybody, of Kim Cattrall scatting. 
And by scatting, we don't mean the sexual act. <laughs> yeah. We mean the jazz tradition. Yeah, and it's really, I guess it's her husband. Was that her husband? I don't know. Was that before they divorced? They wrote that book all about great sex for married people, and then they got divorced. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I think it must have been her husband or somebody. Somebody she was seeing after. Because they just have a great rhythm together. Great rhythm. She cannot scat. For those of you who are curious and might want to check out her album, I don't know if they have one, but she's terrible at it and had absolutely no natural talent for it. The he dogs and the she dogs and the what dogs? Where did that come from? She, what did she say something in the beginning like she was going to read sonnets against his baseline? <laughs> that sounds, sounds sexy. It does. It sounds way sexier now that I said it, but when she said it, I thought, huh? What did she say? I couldn't, uh, like, it sounded like another language. Sounded like Latin in the beginning. Mm. And then she started doing this spoken word, but she is not a spoken word artist. So it looked weird. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't even that good. You're much better at it than she is. Oh, I well, I've practiced my scatting. <laughs> I got this. That's what I got going on. Yeah. My scatting. Um, <laughs> scatting, man. Okay, so where are we at? Scatting. I think that's it. Really? Is that so? It ends with them scatting and they're just like kissing. And I guess the whole wrap-up with her was, I guess, defining one relationship is by defining another one, or what was it? Yeah, what was the insight at the end of this episode? I'm not sure. Basically, it was like, I guess I'm me and Big really just are friends because now I'm dating this other guy. <laughs> that's how she figured it Oh, well, I guess that's what it means then. My entire understanding of my life has been determined about by whether or not I am dating this one person. I cannot make any other decisions unless this relationship makes sense to me in some way. And that is what defines everything else around me. But that's really true. Yeah, that's true for her. Um, even Even in the very end of the whole series... It's, it's like, all about him. It's all about Big. It's like she just had that speech with the Russian, like, I'm looking for love, real love. And then she trips out the door or whatever, and there's Big. She and found she it. spills her necklace on the hotel floor, and he's just standing there waiting to collect her and put little Humpty Dumpty back together again. <laughs> no. She just looks up at him, and she's like, <gasps> like the fakest cry I've ever seen. <laughs> Rescue me. I mean, it's she's such a little puppy, you know? That relationship with Alexandra, the Russian. Yes. Petrovsky. Petrovsky <laughs> was hard for her because she didn't get to be in control. And no matter what kind of tantrum she threw, his need to be dominant was greater. Mm-hmm. That's the character. <laughs> I could make a dig about male dancers here, but I'll just say that <laughs> it's not too far off. <laughs> and... But in her relationship with Big, they're both such basic bitches that they can just act out and then they just trigger each other and they fall into line with how they should behave. 
well, he's upset and he doesn't like this. And so I will change something about me. Oh, well, she's upset. She doesn't like this. So I will attempt to do something that's unnatural for me. (laughs) And that's the relationship. That's how it grows until they find the place where they just say, yeah, we deserve each other. (laughs) We're both horrible people. Yeah. We should not unleash ourselves on anyone. Not anymore. But that brings up a question about all of these people who dated them. Like, Aiden had some substance, and then you thought, well, what did he see in her? You know, what what was holding that relationship together? You know, it's really interesting. I also, I just watched Sex in the City 2. The movie? Yes. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> and because Aiden shows up there. Yeah. Right? And yeah, I don't know what it was, but you could just tell that he was still, like, there was just something about her that he was still in love with. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he just didn't meet a lot of women. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) You know, because he just thought she was the bee's knees. Yeah. And, like, his poor wife, Kathy, like, he was just ready to give up everything for, like, one night with Carrie. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe she does have a talent. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but her contract wouldn't allow HBO to show it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because we never see she know Mm -mm. nothing. Mm -mm. No. I think we see, like, a lot of back. Yeah, a lot of back. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we see her body the entire, because of the clothing, but we don't see her naked body ever, no. No, no. Naked dress. all of Samantha's naked body. And some of Charlotte Miranda's. Yes. I mean, I don't know what Aiden saw in her. Yeah, he just had her up on a pedestal for some reason. Mm. <laughs> After all the shit that she did to him. And they didn't like doing the same things. No, they were complete opposites. Which, you know, I understand, like, you can be attracted to that, but it's... You know, you have to have some things in common. You have to be compatible in some ways. I think it was just sexual compatibility. That can take you far. Mm. It can. I mean, you can fake your way through a lot of conversations if you, <laughs> if you're, you're, you've got that sizzle. Yeah. You know. But doesn't the sizzle sometimes fizzle? Yeah, it does. The sizzle does fizzle, <laughs> and it did. You know, he just had enough at the end. Yeah. It took something that big though for him to. Realize I just can't get over this. But I can't believe she told him. That was stupid because if the problem is that if it really didn't mean anything, she shouldn't have said anything about it. About what? About big. Oh, the first time. Yeah. She shouldn't have. Yeah. That's not fair. Well, he she didn't want to be with Aiden. That's why she told him. She didn't. But it was like probably one of those things where this guy is amazing. It's great. What's wrong with me that I don't want to be with him? So I'm gonna force it. I'm gonna try to make it work. And she couldn't can't rationalize yourself out of your own nature. No. (laughs) Unfortunately. Hey, everyone. There's more Cosmos on the way, but first, a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Well, let's get into some segments. Great. Okay. So this is a good one. First one up, good big, bad big. Good big, bad big. Mm. So what do you think overall? We have a good big on our hands this episode or a bad one. 
in this episode, he's probably more good, but he sucks (laughs) in general. He's one of these characters that's neither good nor bad. That's what's weird about him. Yeah. He's just there. I, what do you think? I think in just this episode, just not looking at overall <laughs> character, I think he was actually a good big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he got a little annoying with the phone calling. Who wouldn't? But but he, she did go there with him. Yeah, and, and then, he did take her cues from her. He was like, okay, if you don't want to date me, I'm going to date this model. Yeah. And then even at the restaurant, he was leaving. He was chill. You know, Samantha told him to back off, and so he was going to. Yeah. So. Good big. I think he was pretty good in this episode. In this episode. (laughs) All right. So we have a good big. All right. (laughs) Next up, hottie of the week. Of the week. So I know we kind of already decided on who it is yeah. going to be. But let's just go through yeah. the contenders. Yes. Um, Doug. Not hot. Um, who else do we have? Maria. Definitely hot. Ray King. There's some intrigue there. Yeah. He's supposed to be the stud of this episode, but <laughs> he's a lame musician. Um, and then we have Big. Big. And Trey. And Trey, no. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. This episode didn't have that many other men. Like everybody was, there weren't, well, I guess that's just because Samantha didn't have a man. She had a woman. She had a woman. I still think that Sonia Braga, the woman who plays Maria Delgado, she's the stud. Yeah, I agree. She's the she's the hot piece. <laughs> I agree. I think... Maria is hottie of the week. Hottie of the week. (laughs) Okay, next up is pun of the week. Pun of the week. So any puns stick out for you? Menage a taxi. That's right. Terrible. The only one I found. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't great, but... And that's not even... That's not even a pun. It it's doesn't not, even work. Menage, it just, menage to, like, it just starts with T. Like, yeah. that's it. My grandmother used to call it a melange à toi. What's it? A melange, it means a mix. Ooh. <laughs> Instead of a menage. So what does menage mean? Menagerie. It's like, a, it's like a collection of things. But she liked to, she didn't know what she was saying. <laughs> and melange, melange. In French, it means to mix. Okay. Do you speak French? I do. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's fancy. I just speak American. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm from the South. Um, Menage a taxi. Menage a taxi doesn't even make <laughs> That's not their best work. Uh, and I feel like there was like some cleverness with the the phrase or whatever the the dumping and the yeah that's clever writing yeah some <laughs> cleverness but that's Carrie's whole thing is like delivering these puns yeah that's her talent <laughs> that's it 
I detest cleverness. I think it's another form of stupidity. <laughs> Good, because I'm not at all. I think Dorothy Parker said that. <laughs> cleverness. Or somebody did. Somebody said cleverness is another form of stupidity, and I agree. Yeah. Clever is not funny. Funny is different. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, let's see. Um. Oh, who wore what? Why? What? Why? So really, it's just any fashion. Well, that gray dress that Carrie was wearing in the first scene is beautiful. Yes. Really beautiful. The clothes on that show are unbelievable. I also really like all of Miranda's kimonos that she wears at home. All the robes. Yes. Love a kimono. A little purple one. Yeah, all of them. Love that. Charlotte had the most, you know, classical. Yes. Unadventurous, but tailored beautifully. (laughs) Yeah. Pearls. Yeah. Mm. Nice little cardigans and dresses, and they're always cut at the right length. Um, It's funny. I saw um, Kristen Davis at this event in Hollywood, and she was talking about how the shows on the club, like the show, the clothes, oh my God. (laughs) I know. Clothes on the show. she never wanted Charlotte's clothes. She actually took home a lot of Miranda's clothes because mm. <laughs> she said they were just more like wearable. Yes, Miranda's the realest person on the show, meaning she has a full time job that's kicking her butt and she wears things that don't always flatter her form. Yeah. Which we all do. Right. You know, <laughs> we forget. Oh, I forgot. I'm here to decorate everybody else's world. Yeah, I like I'm wearing like a, a button up shirt like with a collar. This is not everyday wear. No. This is I feel fancy right now. You do. <laughs> yeah. Like wearing like pointed toed shoes. Wow. Like what? It's crazy. You made an effort. I did. For me, I'm honored. Oh. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I try. Um any other fashion? Let me think. Uh well, we see the jazz guy in the hat. For us in L.A., that's normal. But back then, he, what, a, what a man of style. And what did Big call it? A, like He called it like a pork pie hat or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> what I, I, what looks like he talking he's in about? the point of his social club or something. But he was, you know, he's a musician with style. Yeah. It's cool. He's a jazz man. I mean, Big always wears a nice suit. He's always wearing a beautifully tailored suit. Yes. There's literally only like one or two episodes where I can remember him not wearing a suit. Yeah. So. Um, Okay. And finally, we've made it to You're Such A. You're such a. So now you get to decide which one of the four main characters Mm. you most identify with in this episode. I'm such a Miranda. (laughs) Even though I talk like a Samantha. I'm a Miranda. Yeah. I can see that. In this episode or just overall? In general. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I have better hair than Miranda, but I identify with her her cynicism, and she's sort of the carry police Hmm. in a weird way. You know, like she's always... She puts her foot down about things. She has convictions. She's actually, 
Well, that's not true. Charlotte has convictions too. I don't know if they're convictions as much as, you know, Charlotte's a very black and white thinker. Yeah. She's, this is the way things are and this is the way they need to be. And for her to be comfortable and for her to meet her waspy taste level, this is how life has to function. I am a little bit of Samantha too, though, meaning that <laughs> there's an irreverence and it's like, do what feels good. Who cares? Right. You know? Cool. So you're such a Miranda. I'm such a Miranda. Who are you? In this episode, hmm, I'm going to have to say I'm a Carrie. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, not like so much recently, but I've been in that situation before where it's like, oh, I'm here kind of with one guy, mm. but who's that other guy? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and you just you just like the attention. Yes. And, yeah, you and like the attention. It's to like fun. kind of flirt and it's know. fun to be wanted. It feels good. Yeah. And then when they're like the two guys are kind of like bickering a little, and then you're kind of like, hmm. well, please everyone be mature, even though I'm the one that set up this very immature scenario. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the one instance I have in my head, it was real bad. Um but I was in my 20s. Yeah, we do stuff like that. <laughs> Early 20s. Yes, me too. So. Oh, well. I'm such a carry. <laughs> yes. And I would have been, I mean, I would have been disgusted if some man was was making bathroom noises with the door open after we'd had sex. I'm like, well, this just got very unsexy. Yeah, no. Gross. That's disgusting. Well, I think we did it. Is that it? We did it? <laughs> yeah, we did we the did whole it. thing? We Amazing. We're thank, very efficient. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Great. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I also want to thank a few people that make the show possible. John Fredette for the music. You can check him out at johnfredette.com. Diana Dinnerman, our amazing guest, Terrence Deutsch, producer, and everyone over at Boardwalk Audio. Again, if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City, or on Twitter at CATC Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any other ideas, thoughts, opinions, etc., you can email us at CosmosandTheCity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you. Alrighty, guys, we'll catch you next week. Cheers! Boardwalk Audio Podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.